are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? It's your girl, Jonan, right here. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes, how they got started in the game and where they are now. Okay. So today is a fantastic day because we have a fantastic episode coming up. Episode number 18, y'all. Yes. Today, we are continuing our conversation with Guelph MMA's Rocky Huen. Just like we said, Rocky is a local fighter and he also coaches at Guelph MMA. And at the University of Guelph, he coaches the Muay Thai Club at the university. And he also fights. And soon he is going to be a professional fighter. So we had him on the show and uh, we played the first part of our interview with Rocky last week. We talked about Rocky, his professional or not his professional, his soon to be professional career, his current fights, his upcoming fights. You know, we talked about a few technical things. We talked about sparring. We talked about weight cutting. And now this episode is pretty special because we're talking about some of the issues that surround the world of fighting just like we say every single episode in the beginning of the episode where but we're legit talking about the issues that surround the world of fighting in Canada and you know some of the potential changes that could be made to just potentially fix those issues and just talking about the future of martial arts in Canada and so yeah we had a pretty pretty cool conversation Uh, the second part of the interview is pretty awesome so make sure you tune in and also, after we finish our, uh, you know, the rest of our interview with Rocky, we are going to be previewing the UFC fights coming up this Saturday night, which is UFC Fight Night 109 happening in Sweden. So yeah, it's going to be headlined by Alexander Gustafsson and Glover Teixeira for a light heavyweight bout, and it's going to be it's going to be pretty good, pretty hyped up. So. We're going to be previewing that. So, yeah, make sure you stay tuned. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Rocky Huen and me. Here is the second part of our interview. Here we go. Have you ever been knocked out in a fight? No, I've never been knocked out in a fight. Okay. Surprisingly, I have a, you know, I have a big head. <laughs> and, uh... I guess it's hard to finish me, I guess. So lucky lucky me. Tough chin. I know, right? Um, <laughs> for now. <laughs> uh, I have... I guess you could say I've been almost knocked out. I don't never been knocked out, so I can't say, like, what is almost being knocked out? <laughs> I, I've been hit pretty hard before. Um, so, like I said, just, like, on Saturday, I got hit, uh, head kicked. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the thing with uh, head kicks is, like, you're not allowed to punch someone in the back of the head, but quite often, like when you head kick someone, you get hit in the back of the head. Yeah, anyways, right? exactly. So yeah. there's like a, it's it's pretty much healed, but there's a bit of a welt on the back of my the back of my ear, my head, mm-hmm. and that's from where the head kick landed. And it's just oh. like it's just how the leg works, you know, the yeah. leg can bend in crazy ways. Like mm-hmm. quite often, when people do like spinning hook kicks, they'll just like hit someone right in the back of the head or right in the back of the neck. Yeah, with their oh. heel, right. And it happens all the time, and we just kind of turn a blind eye to it. It's like, oh, well, you know, it's just kicking, whatever. 
<laughs> it, it's the worst. It's worse than a. It's like worse than like you wearing. You're wearing gloves on your hands. It's a yeah. bare shin, barefoot, smacking into your skull. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I that was a pretty good kick, but uh, I guess the hardest shot I've ever taken uh, was in my second fight in Montreal. This guy hit me with a spinning back fist Ooh. out of nowhere, and I walked right into it. And I remember <laughs> just. Uh, like when you watch those World War II movies and like they're storming the beach and like they're being hit with artillery fire and their ears ring. Yeah. It's the same it's like the same kind of movie <laughs> where like it's just this buzzing, you can't hear anything. You're looking at like you're looking at the crowd, everything's like wobbling and then oh. like you sort of see your coach yelling at you from the other corner. And you can and actually you, hear I can't hear anything, yeah. right? I don't know what, <laughs> what I'm doing. So and then I, I remember like doing a little like uh like a little like waddle. <laughs> like, oh. just, like stumbling like but I didn't I didn't fall. Uh I uh I, I don't even think I got an eight count for that. I just uh I just kept moving forward. You just got rocked. Yeah, I, yeah. you know, <laughs> I kept moving forward and I didn't know what else to do. What else are you supposed to do? Yeah. You gotta get back and fight, so uh, that was probably the hardest shot I've ever taken. Uh, uh, in a sparring session, I've been uh, kicked in the neck before. Ooh. And uh, that's actually the worst. When you get kicked in the neck, you just go out instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened there is, like, shin went on my, like, artery, I guess, Ooh. Yeah, yeah. along yeah. my neck. And um, my knees buckled. Like, I just, like, saw black static for mm-hmm. a second. Uh, and I picked myself up before, like, actually hit the ground. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's uh, that's another good one. And then... Uh, yeah, you know, otherwise no, nothing really comes to mind. I mean, like trying to remember shots you've taken. Is no, a, that's that's all pretty good. No, I was just kind of curious to see, like, how does it actually feel? Like, do you, like, understand the world around you? Like, how, how what is actually going through your head? So the way I've had it described to me by people who have been knocked out is uh, <laughs> it's like a light switch goes off. It's actually not that painful. Okay. Uh, what is painful is having your legs slowly smashed apart over five Ooh, rounds yeah. with leg kicks or like uh, having your eating a body shot, like a liver mm-hmm. shot feels horrible. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a different kind of pain. Like getting punched in the liver is different from getting kicked in the liver oh. and different ways you can get <laughs> hit in the liver and like different ways you can get hit in the leg, different parts yeah. of your body. It's all sorts of a bunch of pain in a bunch of different ways. Right. But uh, uh, getting hit in the head is actually not the worst thing. All uh, right. You know, it, it doesn't hurt unless someone's like repeated, like if someone's broken your nose and they keep punching, right. that 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 sucks. Mm-hmm. But uh, the worst thing is just repeatedly getting probably kicked in the leg or having someone work on your body for a long time or if you yeah you have like a broken rib and you're fighting or like a bruised oh. rib and someone hits you, like yeah, that, yeah. that particularly sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, have you ever knocked somebody else out? And how do you know that the shot that you're throwing is the one? Yeah. Um, so with me, I don't have any like sort of like God-given power or like <laughs> I'm sort of fast. But like um, how I usually finish people is like with combinations mm-hmm. and uh, setting things up well and working them down already. Mm-hmm. So uh, most of the time when I finish fights is with body shots. Mm-hmm. So either kicks to the body, punches to the body. Uh, I have knocked someone out with a, a head kick before, mm-hmm. um, and just like uh, it's hard to just you don't feel anything because like it, you just make a if it's a clean shot you just hit through the person and like right. you know sometimes with a good punch you'll feel you'll feel especially when you hit the body you'll feel this certain like jello that you hit I don't know oh, how else to describe okay. it like <laughs> like um, so 
when the reason why fighters like exhale or like when when people take shots they give a like kind of yeah, sound yeah, yeah. is because they're bracing for a shot okay. right or they're trying to exhale yeah. and like do both at the same time mm-hmm. so uh, if you catch someone good with a body shot maybe when they're uh while they're breathing in and out they don't have that kind of tightness to their body. So your hand mm. just sort of sinks in and like exactly. bounces off in a very particular way. So that's when you know you kind of... Okay. And also you'll usually hear like like air mm. coming out of them, right? So that's when you know you hit a good body shot. Um, with a body kick, it's pretty simple to know if you hit a good body kick or not. If it's just squishy and you don't feel any arms or elbows, then you, you connect it and it's good. Okay. Right? Um, <laughs> uh, with hitting the head, uh, yeah, it's a similar feeling, except it's a little bit more like... Uh, like a uh, stiff feeling, like because you're hitting like a a hard head, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, it's uh. You usually, just figure it out after the fact. You're not really yeah. thinking while you're doing it, but yeah. Yeah, you're just trying to like go for the best shot that you like have in your power, right? Yep. Yep. Um. So when you're walking instead of fight, uh, do you usually plan? Just like uh, the shots that you're gonna throw, like one by one, or like, do you have a plan, or do you just like improvise? Um, so, it's not useful to have a game plan at this level in fighting because of the frequency I'm fighting and who I'm fighting. Yeah. So quite often, uh, my opponent will have maybe like one video, two videos, or maybe they'll have even a couple, mm-hmm. and they might be, you know, my some might be a couple months ago, some might be a year ago. Right. Um, and it's hard. It's it's really. Uh, you could watch tape like and be like, "Oh, this guy's doing this, this guy's doing that," and it's totally different when you're fighting them, mm-hmm. right? And anyone can add add new tricks to their game whenever they want to. They can they can always change, and uh, it's it's not good. I don't I don't think it's good to have an idea of how it's going to be before it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So short answer: No, I don't really. And do I improvise? It's sort of, you know, like you do, you feel things out in the first round right. and you get an understanding of like what their timing is and what, what, what they're trying to do to you. Mm-hmm. But, um, you have to, as, as a fighter, just be able to fight anybody and be able to understand anybody during a fight. Right. Yeah, so exactly. how you spend your time in the first round is really important. You could, you know, just start fast on someone and try to finish them in the mm-hmm. first round, or you can try to like collect information mm-hmm. and try to understand that uh, what is my best way, what is my easiest way, what is the fastest way to win. Right. Right. And that's that's what I'm trying to gauge in the first round. Uh, when obviously if I had a, a bigger fight, like a title fight, and it's for a major title, yeah, I would take some time, you know, doing a game plan with my coach, mm-hmm. uh, running over specific strategies. Uh, also to keep in mind, like, uh, is he left-handed, is he right-handed? Those play like yeah. pretty major roles in like mm-hmm. how you're going to approach the fight. Um, sometimes, like, if a fighter comes from a particular gym that's known for a certain style, mm-hmm. you can get ready for that, in a way. Other than that, though, it's, uh, you really need to just go in there with a open mind and be ready to adapt to what's happening to you. Right. So, after a round finishes and you go back to your corner, you know how your coaches just keep telling you stuff, like, what to improve? Mm-hmm. Do you actually, like... When you're in that situation, are you actually listening to your coaches or do you already have, you know, from the information that you already collected from your opponent fighting him, like, do you just go in in the, in the next round with the um, game plan that you have or do you actually listen to what your coaches tell you? 
So it, when I say like you collect information, it, it's not it's not like you're sitting in a lecture hall taking notes. Well, what, yeah. What you are doing is you're trying to look for patterns and tendencies. It's a very like yes. active thing. It's yeah. not a it's not like um can't pause it, sit back, watch the tape. Well, yeah. Um, so I try my best to hear my coach in mm-hmm. the middle of the round, but it's honestly very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how loud they're shouting, and um, in between rounds, it's a lot easier. Yeah. And sometimes that's uh, you know it's really frustrating for my coach, but uh, I, I I try, and you know with experience, you, you become a good team, and you learn you learn how to uh, communicate better with each other, mm-hmm. and you know uh, gets better gets better over time. Um, so you already talked about how, like, you've had multiple fights in Canada, right? Mm. And uh, I'm just wondering, is there, like, is there any rule or regulation that the Canadian Athletic Commission or whatever province Athletic Commission has, uh, you know, set for you in a fight and um, you wish that it could be changed? Yeah, so uh, professional fighting is... Um aside from boxing and MMA, is illegal in Canada mm. uh, federally, um, wow. which doesn't make any sense. So uh, kickboxing, for the most part, is illegal. Muay Thai, wow. for the most part, is illegal. But somehow, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things like MMA is uh, totally fine, and so is boxing. That's so weird, though. Like, it doesn't really make sense because MMA is, like, if you're just considering violence and, like, contact, like, it, there's just, like, it's full contact. And for Muay Thai, and, like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, Like, it, why uh, is that? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> I, I wish I could uh, elaborate on why it doesn't make any sense. But, you know, it's, uh, that's up for the lawmakers. And uh, all we can do as fighters is just sort of... Uh, look elsewhere for our work mm-hmm. and uh, keep training. But it's honestly really discouraging to not be able to show our skills in our home country. Yeah. And have to go through all the, like, you should be able to, there are fighters in Europe that can make a living just fighting in Europe. Exactly. Why can't North American fighters have that? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. So unfortunately, there are, there are a lot of really good fighters in Canada, and Canada is known for having strong fighters. Yeah. Uh, especially in kickboxing and Muay Thai. And uh, they can't, they just can't. They don't have the financial means. They don't, they don't have the connections uh, to uh, pay for the airfare and all the accommodations right. to fight internationally. And they're stuck just sitting around without opportunity. And that's just really sad. Yeah. Like there definitely needs to be some change in regards to that. Yeah, there's, there's some like uh, effort being made, you know. It's, uh, but it's a slow process. And uh, at the end of the day, the, the uh, fight community can only do so much. Someone has to kind of champion the cause mm-hmm. and push it, and uh, push it towards lawmakers to pass it. Um. Okay. So, where do you see the future of martial arts in the next, say, like thirty years in Canada? Do you think it's going to be as popular as, say, baseball or hockey in Canada? I think uh, things like mixed martial arts have created a almost like a second boom mm-hmm. in the martial arts world. I guess like the first one was kind of like 70s and 80s, like yeah. Bruce Lee and like kung fu movies being mm-hmm. out and everything and those action movies. Uh, in 30 years, honestly, I think it's going to be even bigger than it is now mm-hmm. just because uh, MMA is just becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. 
and with that all the other combat sports you know get uh, get more popular in terms of like w what fighters are going to look like in 30 years i think all the time um we make better athletes mm -hmm. technology gets better the yeah. research gets better in terms of making better fighters that is uh questionable i don't really know uh <laughs> I was watching something on YouTube about uh, like an, a guy doing archery techniques. So normally when you see people uh, shoot bows and stuff, they just shoot one arrow at a time. Yeah. Right. But ancient archers used to shoot five arrows in one hand. Oh, wow. Right. They, they wouldn't actually like the whole idea of a quiver was kind of idiot, like mm -hmm. stupid. They just like keep their arrows around their belts. Yeah. And they just like pick it up and fire multiple times. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to get at is that maybe the way we're fighting now is completely wrong. Wow. <laughs> right? Maybe we're not doing everything right. Like, you know, maybe in ancient times they, they did something better either with like how they how they ate food, how they lived life, how they trained. And yeah, uh, the sort of like uh, brutality and reality of life is much different. Then. Mm -hmm. And people uh, are harder as a result. So today we see these super athletes, you know, they might be able to like win all these titles, win all these fights. But with the internet and how we communicate information it's almost becoming this one one thing now mm -hmm. right there's no there's no uh really innovation innovative thinking i guess like it's not to say that people aren't trying to do new things or mm -hmm. that uh uh there aren't smart people fighting or coaching right. or whatever involved in that world but i i feel that we're um we're, we're, we're limiting ourselves. There's like an MMA style nowadays. Right. You know, which sounds ridiculous, but there is sort of an MMA style. It's like, and like, there is like kickboxing style. There is like. Yeah. But in 30 years, I really hope that people can get past that and that they just sort of uh, really try to explore themselves and uh, do what works for them. Mm -hmm. You know, like, uh, don't try to look up to people explore your own options, exactly right? yeah yeah i feel like that's really really important yeah all right man one last thing before i let you go do you have anything to promote from guelph of may yeah for sure so <laughs> i actually i brought some flyers with me because i uh have a terrible cool. memory <laughs> <laughs> so first i'd like to uh you know give a shout out to the gym i train at guelph mma it's mm -hmm. located on 20 uh, cardigan street his phone number is 519-222-3483, and we offer a kickboxing, Muay Thai, Little Strikers program, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, and we have a boot camp coming up, and it's mm. uh, it's called Train Like a Fighter. It's a eight-week summer boot camp program, and it's every Sunday starting May 7th until June 25th, 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., and it's only $99. Ooh, Nice. And we have our upcoming uh, fight card, Fight Like a Girl. It's an all-female fight card to help raise money for uh, breast cancer. Oh, that's and it's, pretty cool. Yep. And it's yeah. on uh, Sunday, May 18th. And the doors open at 1 p.m. Fights start at 2 p.m. And you can get your tickets at Guelph MMA. Awesome. And also, last thing, we got our summer camp. So that's going on uh, July 10th to 14th, uh, July 24th to 28th. August 14th to 18th, and August 21st to 25th. And it's a 9 a.m. drop-off, 3.30 pickup. Um, $180 for non-members and $150 uh, um, for Guelph MMA members. 
and $50 a day. Man, that's at our gym as well. That is so cool. Okay, people, TKO Nation, please check all the events being hosted by Guelph MMA in the upcoming weeks. Man, it was so nice to have you on the show. We should do this more often, man. Yeah, I for really, sure. really I'd, enjoyed I'd love to this. Come back. Yeah. Um, just one last thing. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Rocky.519. Also, the gym, Guelph MMA, at Guelph MMA. Uh, and yeah, hopefully, I'll see you guys soon. Oh, yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, man. everybody welcome back to tko this is tko on cfru radio i really hope that you enjoyed the second part of our interview with rocky i mean man i personally learned a lot from what rocky was talking about you know especially about all those um technical things that we talked about talked about sparring and weight cutting and you know just like just because you see something on tv and just because a big name fighter from a big name organization does a certain thing doesn't necessarily mean that the same thing applies to every single fighter around the world and as a matter of fact you know local fighters just try to do what's best for them and like not everything that you see in the ufc or (laughs) bellator is you know what actually happens um in, in the local scene like in terms of fights and so yeah, th- I thought that was pretty cool, and um, also especially the last part of our interview where we talked about the issues, um, you know, the uh, uh, in terms of the rules and the regulations surrounding professional fighting in Canada, and the fact that professional kickboxing is illegal in Canada, I was just really shocked and. Hopefully, you know, at least we as as the fans, as fight fans, can just do something about it so that these, um, you know, local fighters can actually just follow their dreams and follow their hearts and at least get one fight, one professional fight in their home country. So, yeah, man, we need to keep an eye out for that. So, there you have that. Man, let's move on to previewing the fights, or should I say the main event. Uh, of UFC Fight Night 109 which is set to happen in Stockholm, Sweden. Yes, so the main event is going to be a fight between the number one and number two contenders in the light heavyweight division at the UFC. So we're talking about Alexander Gustafsson, the number one guy fighting Glover Teixeira from Brazil, uh, the number two contender in the division. So... Man, this fight is going to be pretty interesting because whoever wins this fight on Saturday night is probably going to get a title shot against um, whoever wins uh, the upcoming fight at UFC 214, the championship, uh, the light heavyweight championship fight between Daniel Cormier, the current champion, and the former champion, John Jones. So whoever wins this fight is probably going to get the title shot against the winner of the John Jones and DC fight. So that's going to be pretty interesting. So both DC and John Jones needs to watch out. You know, just keep an eye out for these, um, for these guys, uh, for the guy who wins on Saturday night because... These guys are so good at what they're doing. Both of these guys are phenomenal fighters. Both of these guys are potential danger to the, the to the light heavyweight um, belt. So 
everybody needs to watch this fight on Saturday night. Okay, moving on to the actual fight. So you have two of the best guys in the division fighting each other. We have two phenomenal boxers facing off. Man, Alexander Gustafson is a phenomenal boxer because he's been boxing ever since he was 10 years old. And ever since then, he's just been so good at it. And, um, you know, he's won many, many different um, amateur boxing championships. And just when he thought that, you know, he was just doing so well in um, amateur boxing, he discovered MMA. And ever since then, he's been doing pretty, pretty well in, um, uh, you know, professional MMA fighting. And um, he's been able to dominate over his opponents through striking mostly. And what Alexander Gustafson delivers that is, um, you know, really special and you don't really see it with um, other big guys, I guess, is that he, you know, alongside with his um, deadly shots, with, uh, with the power that he delivers with every single shot, he has so much speed and you don't really see that speed um, amongst um, light heavyweights and heavyweights because, you know, because you're bigger, it's kind of harder for you to maintain that speed, you know. So that's pretty special for Alexander Gustafson because he actually has that speed and he has the power. So that's definitely a huge advantage. Also, Alexander Gustafson's pretty tall. You know, just comparing his height to Glover to Shara's, he's pretty tall. So it's, you know, it's an advantage, but he... He he can't really just misuse that opportunity and just, you know, trying to close the distance. He needs to maintain his uh, distance and just, like, stay on the outside just because, you know, just because um, he has a longer range. And so, you know, he can't really act stupid in that situation. He needs to use his, um, you know, physical advantages and the talents and the skills that he has and, you know, use those to dominate over Glover. Now, Glover, on the other hand, is also, just like I said, a fantastic boxer. But originally, he got started with um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. As a matter of fact, he's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And so when he does take the fights to the ground, things get pretty dangerous. And, um, you know, if he does, if Glover does take the fight to the ground and Alexander Gustafson isn't able to deliver, things are going to get pretty bad for Alexander Gustafson. So I would definitely recommend that Alexander Gustafson sticks to striking with Glover. And talking about Glover Teixeira's boxing, man, his shots are just so deadly and accurate at the same time so that whenever they do connect, you're going down to the canvas right away. And also another thing that is special about Glover Teixeira is that he's so persistent in that, you know, just because you see him in a fight and, you know, he's not being that active you know, he's trying all his best to uh, just come up with defensive ways. But at the same time, just at the moment that you thought that is a, that Glover's opponent is winning the fight, Glover just shoots uh, for a shot. And then his shot does connect to his opponent's head. And his opponent is just knocked out, you know, just knocked out cold to the canvas. And that's how perfect, how great Glover Teixeira's striking is. And 
I would say Alexander Gustafson needs to watch out for that. But uh, from his recent fights, Alexander Gustafson has shown that he, you know, he has a tough chin and he's not going to be just, you know, knocked out like that. And that he, like, he's been in the game for uh, way longer than that. He knows how to defend himself. He knows uh, what to do and what not to do. He knows that he needs to maintain his range and everything. So, yeah, man, I would say for either one of these guys to be successful in the fight, they need to be smart. They need to actually have a game plan. They can't just, like, go in and just, like, shoot for a takedown or whatever, especially for Alexander Gustafson. They need to be smart. They need to take their opportunities. They need to be smart. This is probably, like, the thousand time that I've said this, but it's it's true. It's important. So everybody needs to watch out for that. And... You guys, make sure you catch that on uh, Saturday night in Stockholm, Sweden. It's going to be pretty interesting. I'll be watching. Hopefully, you'll be watching as well. And, man, I cannot wait till this fight actually happens, man. I'm looking at the clock right now. Unfortunately, that's all the time we're going to have for this week. Make sure you uh, go to CFRU.ca to catch up with TKO with our previous episodes and whatnot. So, until next time which is next week. It's your girl Janan right here. And this is TKO. Peace out.